Maybe maybe on the guitars for just a minute. Just for a minute. Just for a minute. So we're going now into deep Chevron. Um, some people were concerned about safety. Uh, you have absolutely every reason to be. This is the most dangerous Hold place my in the world. Uh, no. Um, but the history here has been one rocky, tragic history uh, with, with, with terrible incidents, not once and twice, but multiple times. We'll see um, commemorations of people who were victims of terrorist attacks um, here. Um, families, couples, babies, and the like. You'll see them soon. So it's, and, and it's certainly related to the fact that these shops, formerly Arab shops, are all sealed up. These buildings, formerly homes of Arabs, are, have been evacuated. There's so they, a home right there. Yeah, there's some who live. Some some are some have permits and have been have been um, have been allowed by law to endure here, and others not. And it's pretty complicated. It's not a pushazach to come back to a place with so much political baggage. Um, we we'll have to talk about this, but I'll throw I'll throw this out there. Jews who come back to Hebron with great idealism. Um, is that okay? No, it's not okay. What's wrong with it? You're your kids in danger. You can't okay, so we have we have an opinion. David David says it's not okay to come back and live in Hebron. Their families, <coughs> families who live here, Jews, Jewish families, large families. I don't know, Rabbi. Um, All I know is you ask a post second. That's it. It's off your back. That's it. No more. Yes, Kashaila. Yes, Kashaila. Hill, you going to say something? I would say like, what's what's the problem with living here? Well, danger. That's an answer. I feel like you need a presence of Jews. Ah, so what is that? You're allowed to live in Queens. So Moshe says, can we, can we do this together? If one Jew Come gets around. killed in a terrorist attack, then the whole political thing falls apart. One Jew's right, life is more important right. It's than really politics. delicate. So Moshe says, Moshe says that we should have Jews in Hebron. I mean, it's Eric Kodesh. And I identify with everything that everybody says. Bigger, bigger. I mean, I really do. You know, uh, we, we quote this a lot, right? That um, you know, Tevi here's the guy making good argument. Here, David, I say, wow, you're right. And then I hear Moshe, and I think you're also right. And then Chachaim says, wait, he's right, he's right. How can he both be right? And I say, you know, you're, you're also all right, right? Tevi, Tevi, fifth on the roof. Nice. Right? How do you do that? But it's not so posh. It's not so posh. So um, you're right. Raviv's right. When you ask big, when you have big questions that are not so intuitively obvious, like what do you do? Do you live in Chevron? You're not living. Would anybody like to live in Chevron? No. Oh, I would. No. I mean, no. I take away the Arabs. Fine. There's no shopping. Uh, I would prefer. <laughs> no Starbucks, prefer right? Yeah. They have pizza. They have pizza. Pizza, pizza. Um, I hear they give out free beers. Um, um, so uh, that's most of the um, apple juice, apple juice, free apple juice. Oh, really? Yeah. So, what you have to do is what Raviv said, which is yes, you have to ask Shaila. What do the Gdolim say about this? What do the Gdolim say about Jews living in Hebron and places like it? No. Well, they might say it's Mutzer, but they personally don't. Say, what do you know what this this is a Shiloh no, in the law this is what we do when, when you get you know the Torah covers every aspect of life right yeah, so yeah. if it's a Shiloh in Halacha you take it to the post door, especially those subtle things that, that don't really have an obvious right or wrong you don't know what do you do you what take it to the Gdolei Ador what do the Gdolei Ador say here's what the Gdolei Ador say Rav Shach said it and nobody nobody major seems to disagree he, he was the most outspoken on the subject no you shouldn't 
because you're, the danger, the Sakanas of the Fashos, is simply greater than whatever political gains you hope to get. Um, why then do people persist? So there is an ideology. We'll be seeing a, and hearing a lot about it. Somebody has a phone that's going off. Um, the, um, that says that, and it, there's a logic to this. Um, you know you know who Mayor Kahana was? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he writes... He writes a lot of really, he writes a lot of very intelligent books that if you just read them alone, you didn't know anything else, you would probably be persuaded that this is critical for Klal Yisrael. You can't back down to Arab um, violence. The only thing that Arabs will respect is a show of violence. If Jews are weak, if Jews make peace treaties, um, so goes the ideology. Rebbe Mirkahana is one of the many proponents of this. Certainly, most people who live in Hebron would identify with this. If you make peace treaties, then the other side, the Arabs, particularly if you know their culture, will um, see that as an invitation for war. Oh, those wimps! And you know what? They're not off. That idea. Yeah, look at Rebbe Mirkahana. He was assassinated. Picked off by yeah, a guy who would who would, who would be inv- who would be responsible for the first bombing of the, of the World Trade Center. Um, so um, it, it, they have a point, and that if you, what, 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 their idea is that if you come and you live in the holy places that are all Arab, you live by Hargrizim where we were yesterday, you live in Hebron, and you live in East Jerusalem, you know, there's settlement, there's a Jewish settlement right by Shimon Tzadik's Kever, right near Yeshiva, deep into East Jerusalem. You live there, they may not like it, but grudgingly over time they may come to respect it. And maybe that's how long-term there'll be real lasting peace between the Jews and the, and the Arabs. There's a tremendous logic to that argument. Um, and, and they do have a certain sense. They understand the mentality of, of many of the Arabs. Um, the problem is that no Gadol said that. And Rav Shach's point was that this kind of stuff is small stuff. you got to think big. you got to be like Yitzhak Kavinu who understands the real Yisod of Kavura is when the bad guys make trouble with you, you quietly move on until they leave you alone eventually. And how do they leave you alone? Because of your spiritual merits. See, if Klal Yisrael was more worthy, you wouldn't have problems from Arabs. If we were learning Torah, working on our Midos, and Mormedaktek in Mitzvos, the Arabs wouldn't attack us. The problem is we're not up to there, so then we have all these problems. But to address the problems by... by, by it's like... It's like um, you know, taking medicine for a site for a, for a symptom without really addressing the core issue. Well, I feel like the reason the reason we're able to come here today, right, is because of some kind of settlement of Jews living here. Yeah. Right. No question. I'm grateful for that too. I'm grateful to Hashem that He put it better that. No question. But isn't it better? And if they didn't live here, and this is closed in, and it was purely Palestinian Authority territory, we wouldn't come here. And that we would, but we would lose. We would lose. We would lose an inspiring day. We would lose. We would lose an inspiring day. And scary. so what? In the big scheme of things, the Gedolim are the ones who can put these in proper perspective. Well, we lost Jews, though. Okay, so what, what, what's better? So the Rav Shach said, it's better that we wouldn't have it. That we do have this, so we do come here today. Why not? Right. But if we didn't have it... Ideally. If we, if, ideally, we'd all be steiging and bringing Mashiach. Right. And, and the, there were, the Arabs would all want to be misguided and, and become Jews, because everybody would know that this is the, the Torah is right. And uh, but we're not there yet. Anyway, meanwhile, here we are. This is the situation. It is a little bit scary, but not terribly so. The, um, the Arab side of, of Hebron is blocked off. Um, it's, as I said, a bustling big city. 
Um, this is mostly a ghost town because most of these people have been evacuated. This is the Jewish area. We'll be walking to a couple of the Jewish community centers. Today, you won't see so many Jews, maybe a couple visitors. You know, tourism's not happening because of COVID. So um, this is eerie for me walking around. And I'm used to seeing lots of groups, and there's nobody today. We're the only group. Oh, there are a few, like, other things going on, but it's pretty quiet. They are. There are some with permits, and they've uh, evidently proven themselves to be safe, and that's why they're here. What? If you're an Arab, in this side of Hebron. This is one slice of Hebron. It's where the Jews live, and they've cordoned it off from the rest of Hebron. Right. That's, what, that's why we walk around here. You'll see the place, though. There are a lot of soldiers around. That's not coincidental. Who's a, who's a rabbi? Can you see this picture? That's Rav Cook. That's Rav Cook. Rav Avram Yitzchak Cohen Cook, who is um, ideologically... He is their gadol, meaning when you when you when if, if if we had a representative from this ideology, the the kahanis and the right wingers, the settlers who are here, and they heard me say they don't have gadolim on their side, they would immediately be offended, and they would correct me and they would say that's not true. The gadol has been Rav Cook. He is our leader. The problem with that answer is that Rav Cook died in 1935. And um, long before any of this was even a figment of somebody's imagination, it's entirely possible that he would have disappro- disapproved of any of the settlement movement. It's his son, Rav Tzvi Yehuda Kuk, who was the founder of the Gush Emunim and was really one of the progenitors of this movement. But who's to say the father would have agreed? You can't have a, a gadol who's approving your, your, your activities who was not alive when your activities began. Um, we're we're going to go see, we're, we're on our way, we're, I have a few things to stop and, and, and say, look around. What we're seeing now is unusual and should stimulate you. We're seeing a lot of, lot of material. Keep in mind as we walk. Oh, now I see what you mean by Call of Duty Battlefield. Yes, like that in the game. It feels, that's what people are saying. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, what's that? When you're, when you're walking around here, it is, it's, it's eerie. Keep in mind, Yidin have lived in Hebron. We'll see pictures of Hebron as it was 100 years ago. Yidin have lived in Hebron for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? And it's one of those, again, one of these long-standing things. Jews lived, uh, and we'll tell some of the stories about where they lived, um, in the heart of the city, down the street from the Maras Machpelah, but Hebron itself was holy. Let's go see it. Including a yeshiva that's several hundred people. No, stop at the guitar. Um, it's, there's a yeshiva here around the corner, and it's mostly a bedroom community. The people, most the, the, the parents work outside and come home in the evening. That's one of the reasons why it's pretty quiet. Uh, a couple schools here, but most of the kids are bused to school outside of Hebron also. To live here, you have to be, I just said this for a you have to be Meshugal davar, which means you have to be really committed Meshugal. to the laws. That's why everybody here is religious. Dati Leumi religious, which means, or they call it Chardal, Haredi Leumi. Very serious. Keep a Shuga, but of a, of a very high level. Yeah, they're very, very from and sincere because... Look, you, you have to be connected to your roots. You don't just stop live in Hebron with the political situation, the violence, the risk to your kids. You do it. You do it with with, with a gusto. Uh, Self confession here, uh, true story. Uh, I came here with my really close buddies, the director of Leva Torah in Ramat uh, <coughs> Now we were as green Aww. as it gets. Beginning of our year at Pardes. Neither of us were quite from yet, but exploring. And he said, "Hey, you want to go to Hebron? Sure, I'll go to Hebron." I had no idea what Hebron was, what it meant, no idea the implications. We. Um, we come to Hebron, we're guests in a nice family around the corner, up the street, and um, we're, 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 in the mid- we're in the night uh, by, by a, a very from family. The women are, the, the mother of the house is very, very tsenua, uh, and I, being totally clueless and not knowing what the appropriate thing to say was, I said, 
um, you know, we're all singing songs here. I bet your daughters have great voices. Let's hear them sing. And um, there's a thing you're probably familiar with called Kol Isha, Kol Isha Erva. I had no idea. I'd never heard of it. So the woman shot me one of those looks. And she says, my daughters don't sing in front of men. And I went, <laughs> okay, well, I learned that way. That's the hard way to learn, I learned a halacha. Uh, but um, they're stark. They're stark. I mean, they're, they're very sincere. They're very, you know, they're very idealistic. Ah, you know, they want to come back to their roots. I'm going to tell you stories about just how idealistic some of these people are. Uh, they'll do it, and this is the term Mesirus Nefesh takes on a tragic twist. You know the phrase Mesirus Nefesh? Yeah. Literally giving up your life, your soul. Um, sometimes that's what happens. Uh, you'll see around the corner a terrible, terrible memorial. You'll see a bunch more as well. This is Hebron historically, right? From the 19th century photographs. Typical what you'd see. Like shepherds. It was much smaller. Right? A city. Right? Jews and Arabs lived side by side. There's the Yes, it's the Marsh Mapele. You see it here. It's also the Marsh Mapele more clearly. Are there any farms nearby? Come on, are we going to go here? Um, otherwise, just open, big, empty mountains. We're not going to them. The shul we'll be, uh, we'll be um, going to in a moment is what's called the Avmavinu shul. Um, why Avmavinu? I'll tell you the story. Some of you know it already. This, these are pictures of back in the day from the early 20th century. Early 20th century, what the shul was like. You get a sense. Who are the people who are living in Hebron? All stark, all from... A, I showed a few of the picture in the main Gutnik visit. Gutnik is the name of a famous Australian Chabadnik philanthropist who gave the money, the seed money, for a lot of Hebron's settlements and for that, that, uh, that tourist center. Um, and Chabad is big in Hebron. A lot of Chabadniks. Yay! The granddaughter of the Balatanya, Menucha Rocha was her name, came from the old country, from Europe, from Lubavitch. She moved to Hebron, Erekodesh, and following her were many, many holy Hasidim, many, many, many uh, Lubavitch Hasidim. And so one of the factions would be Chabad. Another faction, like always in all the holy places, were Sephardim. Sephardim were always big in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, so it was a bit of a hodgepodge of different people. In 1924, joining, joining the mixture was the, um, the Lidfish, the great yeshiva called Knesset Yisrael, made Aliyah with the altar of Slobodka, who moved, who moved here, and they, they moved in 1924, and they were here as well. There's a whole mix of different types here, all committed, though, to, uh, to obviously, the Torah, to Hashem, to mitzvahs. Um, the shul. Sorry, you're sort of blocking us. The shul would be, and the picture helpful to tell the whole story, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it right. The shul would be desecrated, ravaged, We'll learn about and tell the story of the riots in 1929, were called Tapat. Um, the, the shul was, was damaged, Sifre Torah were destroyed, people were murdered. Hardest hit was Kevron. Um, by the end, when the Jews returned in 67, Jacob, just move aside for a second that picture. When the Jews returned to Hebron in, in 67, um, they found in the shul that the Arabs had converted into a goat pen. Oh. Which you're not supposed to do. Shuls, a, a base knesses is the Makkah Mashrina, Mishachar base and Mikdash, right? The, 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 base, the base knesses, the base Madrash, place where the Shrina resides. And um, they didn't have much of a sense of the Um And then the Jews picture pictures of the Jews returning to Hebron. Some of the iconic Jews, this is Rabbi Moshe Levin, one of the well known Jews in this area. Moshe Dayan, we talked about him here today. Let's go visit. Is this an hour one of the 